Hey, East Meets West listeners. In this episode, we're breaking down the news that Alibaba is splitting itself into six different businesses under the Alibaba brand. Alibaba has grown from its humble beginnings as an online marketplace for small businesses to its current status as a global e-commerce giant, giving it the label of the Amazon of Asia. In this episode, we unpack the reasons behind Alibaba's split, the potential that each business may IPO, and whether parallels can be drawn with companies like Meta and Alphabet. Keep listening and enjoy. Welcome to the East Meets West podcast, a podcast about understanding Asia tech and how Asia tech affects the world. My name is Dan. Joining me as always from Astral Ventures, Albert, what's going on? Dan, I'm going good. First week of Succession. Have you seen it? I, I watched it this morning. Very good. <laughs> very good. No, um, no spoilers because it was obviously, you know, a very good episode and I'm sure the people who might be listening to this may, may not have watched it. But there was one line, not a spoiler at all, that I actually, actually loved during that episode. Um, which was, let me see if I can bring it up specifically. Please tell like, me it's not Disgusting Brothers. No, it's, it's not. It's not It's not Disgusting Brothers. It's Substack meets Masterclass meets The Economist meets New Yorker. And I think uh, that yeah. line was brilliant. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. Uh, but let's not stray into spoiler territory. Let's get into this week's episode, Albert. Uh, sort of semi-breaking news, uh, Alibaba you know, announcing some restructuring plans uh, that they're essentially going to have a holding company which then has six different business groups underneath. It's a pretty major reshuffle for China's biggest e-commerce plus plus everything firm. Albert, just like initial first reaction to the news, you know, is, is this big ticket news or is this something which is just kind of like a, a shuffling around of the deck admin for Alibaba? No, I think this is pretty big ticket news. Like Alibaba, obviously one of the largest companies in the world and Jack Ma, the founder, very kind of like eccentric but also prominent business leader. So, yeah, definitely I think big ticket news. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was sort of looking at some of the market reactions. Obviously, the the share price got a bump but there's – and we discussed this before we started recording, Albert – you know, I think this does signal a bit of momentum in the China tech market. It's obviously had you know, a lot of obstacles in the last year, two years getting on now with lots of crackdowns, regulations from the Chinese government. I think, and I know you disagree, that you know this might be the start of friendlier policies towards big tech companies as they try and you know get the economy of China going. But let's not look at the macro, Albert. Let's look at the micro. Let's look at Alibaba specifically. There's six different uh, groups that are going to be born out of this. The Global Digital Commerce Group, which is Alibaba's overseas e-commerce business. The Local Services Group for its mapping and delivery services. Smart Logistics, Smart uh, Supply Chain Management. Digital Media and Entertainment. Cloud Intelligence. And then Taobao, Tmall, the sort of e-commerce pilot group. Uh, I'm just going to throw this one to you, Albert. If you were going to be the next CEO of one of these uh, groups, which one would you choose? <laughs> I'd probably pick the cloud intelligence group. You know, I think given my background in tech, 
uh, it probably just makes sense. But also, it's just a more exciting business. Like some of these businesses are more services based, like the the logistics business and their small business group. And some of them are probably a bit more uh, digitally mature, like their global digital business group, which is kind of like a Shopify esque business where AliExpress and Alibaba kind of sit, um, as well as kind of Lazada and the other e-commerce businesses. So yeah, definitely pick Cloud Intelligence Group. What about you, Dan? Uh, I would go for Taobao and Tmall. Uh, I find that just to be super, super interesting. A little footnote there, you know, as we'll get into, they basically opened up the possibility, not the eventuality, but just the possibility that each of these groups could be spun off in its own separate IPO. The one where that's a definite no is the Taobao Tmall uh, group that is going to remain 100% Alibaba owned. Albert, taking the bird's eye view, why have they restructured things this way? Why are they going down this track? Look, I don't want to get too speculative, but I think a lot of pundits in the media, Bloomberg, etc., have called out that this announcement came one day after Jack Ma reappeared in China after his kind of self-imposed exile from the country. A lot of people are speculating that it might be a move to kind of um, appease the, the Chinese government. Uh, if anyone kind of has listened to our episode on Alibaba, and there's a deep dive that you can definitely listen to, we do talk about Ant Group there, and Ant Group were to go public uh, a few years ago now, but that was stopped by the Chinese government. And so I think this is a response, or could be a response, to anti-competition or antitrust laws for our American friends in China. Yeah, and so what you're talking about there is when these companies become so big, have their tentacles in all different verticals, uh, then the government gets concerned of monopolistic practices where you can have pricing pressure, etc., which ultimately doesn't serve consumers. And you can get that way when you've got interlinks where you've got banking, lending, payments, e-commerce, you know, that's that's where when we look at Alibaba, it is a huge list of services that this company provides. One of the things you mentioned to me, Albert, before we started recording, which I found quite interesting, when we compare to the West, you know, this isn't something, a structure that's only been done in the East. You've got Alphabet holding company for Google. You've got Meta, a much more recent version of that for Facebook, Meta, Instagram. So what's the difference between the sort of version that Alibaba is pursuing and some of the comparisons that we can see in the West? Yeah, I think Google is probably one of the most analogous examples of a similar type of holding company. And obviously, they're very similar businesses, so that helps. So, a number of years ago, Google historically, which was as known, kind of restructured itself similar to Alibaba to become a business called Alphabet, where coincidentally, they had a number of subsidiary businesses that started with a different letter of the alphabet, so Google being G, Waymo, which is like their self-driving uh, autonomous vehicle company, uh, you know, starts with W. They had Fiber, which is starts with F. So that's how they kind of structured the business. And ABC.XYZ is the website that you can go to to see the alphabet shareholder letter that they wrote. But uh, effectively, they built uh, uh, this business or Google built this business to enable the CEO of Alphabet to allocate capital, so like the money that comes into the business across their, their different portfolios and then provide that level of transparency to their investors. So previously to that, you had all these businesses within Google. It's quite difficult for investors who didn't have an internal view of the company to understand 
how much is Google spending on autonomous vehicles? Or how much is it spending on, say, drone delivery? By, you know, compartmentalizing and building these different business units and structures that enable Alphabet to be really clear as to how they report internally, which then gives investors a bit of comfort around how much capital are they allocating to each of these different business units and the projects that Google was taking and, and Google is and, and was at the time undertaking a lot of different projects. Yeah, and if you look at not all uh, of these groups are created equally, uh, there's no real reason given for why Alibaba is going to maintain their 100% stake in Taobao Tmall, that vertical, but it, it should be noted that that is the most profitable and generates the most revenue out of all of the groups uh, by a long, long way. So, you know, while each of these groups, they're going to stand on their own legs, there's different revenue generation, there's different issues addressing each of these particular markets and sectors. Uh, Albert, you talked to me a little bit about you know, this conglomerate effect, particularly when you're valuing these companies, and you suggest that this move might actually be unlocking value for Alibaba. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so I think it's a bit unfortunate where when you're a conglomerate business like Alibaba, and we've seen quite a few of these businesses, say like Samsung, another great example of this, is that you kind of trade out of what they call like a conglomerate discount, which is because it's very difficult to understand how much capital is flowing in and out of a particular business. They kind of look at the business as a whole and it's like generally where it plays and then puts a multiple on that. So right now, Alibaba is trading uh, as a time of recording uh, at around 0.1 rev. So it's like enterprise value is valued at like 0.1 its revenue, which is, is pretty crazy. And so by decompartmentalizing and splitting out some of these different business units like their cloud intelligence group, their digital media group, their uh, local or their global digital business group, those now individual businesses can trade at a multiple that's probably more similar to the industry that it's in. So their cloud intelligence group, which is like a SaaS AI-based business, might be more likely to trade at like 5 to 8x revenue, which is substantially higher than what it's trading now. Its digital media group might trade more like the New York Times or Disney, around 2.5x. You know, its Taobao small business group might trade at what it is currently because that's probably the most analogous thing. And like you said, Dan, the biggest part of its revenue, its digital business group might trade more like Shopify given that it's, you know, Lazada and AliExpress and more of an e-commerce platform. And so the reason why... You know, Jack Ma and the rest of the Alibaba team think this is like value creating for shareholders is because it enables these different businesses to be valued at a much higher or different valuation, given that it's now more transparent as to how these businesses are performing. Yeah, and this is part of the reason why I said at the top, I think there's some momentum uh, in the Asia tech, China tech market because of this move, because it does get investors looking at the opportunity in Alibaba across these six different verticals. And for the last one and a half years, two years, there's really been, I think, a downward pessimistic view towards China tech because of the regulatory crackdowns. So that's kind of what I meant when I was suggesting that it feels like there's momentum because there's a renewed interest, a curiosity about, is there an opportunity now in the China tech sector? Albert, as we start to wrap up, you got any last observations? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people have been writing about this and it's like 
Alibaba to IPO six different businesses or the IPO markets back. And I think in their um, note back to the SEC, it does say each business group will have the flexibility to raise outside capital and potentially seek out its own IPO. But I think it's always worth noting that like they may not IPO in the US, they might IPO in Hong Kong or they might you know do a dual listed ADR so that they're listed both in the US and Hong Kong. They might be only listed in the US. They may not ever IPO. They might be acquired. Like there's all these different avenues for these businesses to either go public or to raise more capital. And so when we talk about like the potential for a China tech rebound, I mean, China tech did already rebound when they came out of, um, you know, lockdown. And you can see that in all the share price of these businesses. I think I'm probably a bit more skeptical as to like, does this lead the charge given that we don't fully know the driving reason behind it, whether there was like a regulatory push for antitrust, whether there was influence from the Chinese government or whether it was purely about value creation. And the answer is probably all three. I think what I'd want to know is like, how does this impact other large conglomerates in China, like JD.com, like Tencent, because Alibaba isn't unique in its situation. Tencent is also a very similar business. And then if they do that to Tencent and JD, does that then spark a run on the board where you have a number of different IPOs? And then you, I think you can then say, yes, there is probably going to be a big rebound in the China tech market. My sort of last observation now is I think this is a win for the, the casual Asia tech, China tech observer, because, you know, we try to, to tackle Alibaba, Tencent and some of these other companies with our deep dives. And, and it is almost impenetrable. You know, that's not just saying if you're a sophisticated investor, but for anyone who doesn't have hours of a day to really dive into what are these businesses doing, what are their different verticals, it's really, really tough to get your head around. And so you, you generally just sort of uh, come up with shorthands like Alibaba, it's the Amazon of China, you know, things like that. I think, I think this split really, really helps out you know, people to understand what's happening in the tech scene in China, in Asia, because now you've got just more bite-sized digestible companies to wrap your head around. And in particular, we we go on and on about Taobao and the innovations that Tmall are doing for social e-commerce. And now that it's its own beast, unshackled, if you will, from the other five business groups, I think we're really going to start to see some exciting things come out of that group particularly, which are going to then affect and influence that sector and the rest of the world. Yeah. I think what I put back to you is like, do you think Amazon does this? Like if this was a US split, do you think it would have been the same reception? Like if Amazon came to market and said, we're going to split Amazon into, you know, Amazon retail, AWS, Amazon entertainment, et cetera. Like how's that perceived in market? (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. How would it be perceived? I mean, I think it would be perceived much more as a internal-led decision restructure compared to at the moment, I think there's that cynicism that this is maybe a regula- regulatory-driven decision uh, by the government in China towards one of their biggest companies. Uh, but aside from that, which is you know really just gloss over it, I think that probably will be the way that some of the Western companies will trend, not in the short term, But if we think of these cloud businesses under Google, under Amazon, 
I think they might get spin out in the next couple of decades when they become an entity on their own. At the moment, they make sense as part of the conglomerate. But in the future, AI, cloud, on the edge, you know, I can really see a compelling case that they become their own verticals with their own driving forces behind them. Yeah, it's almost, that's, I, I really believe that's true. I think you're right, is that it's success for Alphabet or success for Amazon if one of their portfolio businesses become so large and successful that they just have to spin it out. And I think you're right. Okay, Albert, let's finish up there. Thank you for listening to the East Meets Wets podcast, podcast for understanding Asia tech and how Alibaba and Asia tech is going to affect the world. We'll catch you again next week. Thanks. See ya.